So it can be done. You know, people that obviously have jobs can grow a real estate investing business. We're doing that for ourselves, building our own portfolio, helping people build their own portfolios and also building kind of a brand around it. too. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club Nation, it is Sarah Larby here. And before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? Well, that's our Right Club online community. It's a place where you can find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. And we've got interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, hours of videos, a wide range of real estate investing training and education tons of great information it's free to join be sure to come grow with us at the now on with the podcast hey right club nation it's laurel simmons here and i'm with my co-host sarah larby hey sarah how's it going good i'm uh, i'm doing well and uh you know i'm i'm really excited for today's podcast but before we get into that how are you doing I'm doing great. It's uh, yeah, it's the fall, and we're sort of hunkering down and getting things ready for that dreaded W word, the winter word, right? But you know what comes after winter? Spring and summer. So um, there's there's lots going on, and um, our guest today actually he's not letting anything slow him down, is he? He's really really busy. Yeah, absolutely. Mark Baltazar, you guys may have heard him on a prior podcast. If you haven't, feel free to go back and uh, and listen to his story because we actually get right into, you know, the the weeds in the last year and a half. Like, I mean, he quit his job. He's built a, you know, a portfolio. I think it was 7.6 million since the last year and a half. So since you guys last spoke to him, he has been on fire acquiring some, um, you know, mid-size 12 to 20 units uh, buildings and has done tremendous. And, uh, you know, it's, it is just really exciting because, you know, COVID, it, it's unfortunate and the pandemic, it's unfortunate, but you can see that there's people that are making things happen regardless, regardless of the cards that are dealt. And he left his full-time job actually a week prior to the whole shutdown and, uh, you know, made it happen and, and, and became really successful focusing on the real estate business. So it is awesome. It's so inspiring. And, um, you know, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast, but, uh, you know, before we, we, uh, we go into the podcast, I will say, if you haven't yet, check out the right check out our Facebook group, register there. It is completely free. And don't forget we have webinars twice a month as well. And those are free for now. So enjoy them. It's free content. And, uh, there's also networking at the end. And we all know that we, we missed that connection. So, uh, Join us for virtual networking. So Laurel, shall we, uh, shall we bring on Mark? Let's do it. All right. Mark, welcome back to the show. It's uh, your second time. I'm excited to have you come back and uh, you, you did wonderful and you shared so much insight and, and great tips last time. Uh, we're excited to have you back. So welcome. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate uh, you having me back. And it was, I know it was, it was fun last time, you know, you can probably... The stories can go on for a long time. So yeah, I no, appreciate the, the conversation and uh, I must have said something insightful for you to have me back again. So thank you. 
Awesome. So for those of you that don't know Mark's background, feel free to scroll down uh, and, and watch and re-listen to the podcast. But I want to talk about, I guess, you know, everything that you've been doing since the last year and a half, because there's lots of exciting things that have happened for you. Uh, number one, you've actually left your full, full-time employment and you became AKA retired, but a full-time real estate investor. So maybe you just walk us through your, your, you know, last year and a half and what you've been up to since then. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my strategy is, you know, house flipping and apartment building. So really ramped up the apartment building side of, of the business over the last uh, yeah, year and a half, I'd say. Um, so I think the last time we spoke, I, I don't even know, I can't remember if we even had the, the peak multifamily brand. So we kind of created a new brand that was, uh, so, so my background is brand strategy and marketing. So kind of, you know, the creation of brands is, you know, what I've lived for for a long time, for 15 plus years. So uh, my partner and I, we created a, a brand that was uh, dedicated to apartment buildings, so peak multifamily investments. And, and essentially, you know, that brand is really designed and caters to the acquisition and management of, of apartment buildings, um, you know, for, for people, for, you know, for our partners, essentially. And so, you know, really our proposition is, you know, education, education in the, in the, in the sense that we're helping people kind of get into their first building. Um, so through education, some coaching, um, some courses, we just, you know, we just uh, hosted our first course in September, which um, went better than we thought um, from a registration standpoint. So that was great. Um, and uh, we're not really in kind of the transactional side of, of apartment buildings, but we do connect people that are looking for buildings and we kind of, you know, connect them with, with people in our network. So, the proposition is really just building wealth through apartment buildings. And, um, and, you know, I, you know, in at the beginning of, you know, March or so, we didn't know kind of where the market was going, but it's proven to be a very um, competitive market um, and in a market that continues to, to grow without, without much, uh, you know, fluctuation, which is good. Awesome. And, and you, and you left your full-time job and you started a podcast too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We started a podcast. Uh, we started that. It hasn't been a year yet. It's probably nine months in. I think we're like 24 episodes out now. So I think the 24th or 23rd went out today. I love it. I mean, you guys, I mean, you guys have been doing it longer than I have. It's, it's been really cool. Um, it's dedicated to apartment building investors or people kind of getting into it. So it's uh, what I found is I, I went to the U.S. about a year and a half ago to a multifamily conference. And with, you know, capital raisers and syndicators. And one of the things that they were doing to, you know, brand themselves and get attention were, were podcasts. And what I had found here is a lot of great, you know, real estate podcasts such as yours and yours, Sarah's as well. But I, I found that there was nothing specific to apartment buildings. So I was like, okay, wow, this kind of, this is the opening um, in the niche essentially. And so we, you know, we launched it uh, less than a year ago. Um, and it's, it's been great. It's been great that, you know, we've been getting great feedback. Um, you know, you know, stuff like, oh, it's helped me get into my first building. It's helped me understand that type of market, right? Um, so, yeah, it's been good for us, and it's connected us with people across the country, which has been really cool. So, it's, uh, I mean, it's an effort, as you guys know. It's, it really is a, you know, it's, um, there's work that goes behind it, planning and such to do it properly, but it's, it's definitely paying off for us, at least. Yeah. So what, so you, you said you, you, you left your, your 
J-O-B, and mm-hmm. uh, you're now doing this full time. And um, so how has your day changed since you left the job or has it? Um, yeah, I mean, so it has a little bit. I mean, so so my previous work was in the marketing research and kind of brand strategy consulting space. Um, so, I, you know, I had a lot of flexibility, uh, you know, there and, you know, was working with some pretty cool clients and you know, very project based, you know, work. Um, so, I mean, I, so I think how it's changed. I mean, the the work that I'm doing now is still you know, I think intellectually stimulating. It's, you know, dealing with really smart people. Uh, so that's, that's great. Um, you know, dealing with investors. So, I mean, I think the, the amount of time that I'm spending kind of in, in business hasn't really changed. Um, so pretty dedicated to kind of growing what we have going on. Um, I think, I think what it's done is it's, it's just a little more flexibility. I think. So that's, that's, that's the nice thing. I mean, I have a, you know, a growing family, uh, three boys, and so that was actually the main reason why I made the shift or, you know, at least started kind of down that path in the first place was to give me some little more kind of family time and flexibility that way. So, so this business has allowed me to do that, um, you know, to kind of get, you know, out wherever I need to get out and, you know, hockey and such and whatever my kids are kind of up to and give us, give that flexibility. But from like a business building standpoint, it's, it's very similar in that we're kind of growing a brand or kind of, you know, know, attracting customers or clients where, you know, you know, we have a, you know, we hired a marketing, you know, uh, manager to help us kind of with that. And so, you know, we have our, you know, so we're running it like a bit, you know, like a business, right? So, so that's, so a lot of similarities that way, Uh, the nature of work is obviously different because it's investing, but the people that I'm dealing with super smart and, you know, still intellectually stimulating, which, which is what I liked about my, my previous place as well. So you, you're talking about, you, you, you made the transition, but let's, like, what was the trigger? Because we know a lot of people who are still, ha- still have their jobs, right? And, and, and do their real estate investing on the side. Lots of people do it. Um, and th- that, that's a great way to go. But obviously something, there, there was a trigger point in which you said, okay, I'm doing it. So can you share with us what that was? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the decision the decision was made <laughs> well before it actually happened. So, I mean, it's, it was probably a four or five year journey. Um, so, you know, it was about five years ago or so, four and a half or so, where I decided, you know what, I think over over the next few years, I'll start to transition myself. I mean, I own part of the the company, so I was a partner in that company. So it was it was a it was something that had to be planned and discussed uh, with the partners. And so the trigger was really time. It was a consulting, you know, it's a consulting business. So I was traveling a lot, um, you know, especially when, when my kids were, were young. Um, I missed the birth of my second child because well, I was on the road. So that was like, oh, that was, you know, so experiences like that. And also, you know, when I'd be asked, you know, dad, you're going to be home for dinner. And a lot of times, you know, I, I, would, I wasn't able to. And so, you know, that decision was made five years ago that, okay, I got I to gotta switch this. I got to change. And, and I always, um, you know, real estate investing was always something that I wanted to do. And we had just started kind of doing some stuff on the side. And then I saw that it could be built into a real business. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I found myself being kind of, you know, pulled in two different directions, kind of the, the, the marketing business and then the real estate business. And then I just wanted to kind of go all in on one thing again as I did, you know, early on in the, in the, uh, the marketing business. 
Um, and so it was a combination of I just needed more time for the family, but also just I didn't want to I didn't want to have uh, my feet in two different buckets. I wanted to really go deep into one thing, and that was you know real estate investing. And so so that was kind of the the factors and the influences at that time that kind of really. And I'm glad you know now looking at it, it's like wow. I mean the stuff that I think we're able to do, and I can see this the the, the speed at which the business is growing now and the traction that we're getting. It's because, you know, myself and my partner are, are really dedicated in growing this business. And it's, it's what we're doing day in, day out. So I think, so it can be done. You know, people that obviously have jobs can grow real estate investing business. We're doing that for ourselves, building our own portfolio, helping people build their own portfolios, and also building kind of a brand around it. too. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right, Club Nation. Let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week. Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls, and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think that where you invest your time, right, is, is what is essentially going to grow. Yeah. And can you share, I mean, where you were maybe in terms of, of portfolio size before you left and then what it looks like today? Yeah. So I think, okay, so when I left... I had I had two buildings, two uh, multifamily buildings, uh, a number of flips on the go, and then a du- I had I had one, two, two duplexes, a fourplex, and and always probably had about you know three to five flips on the go at once, you know, throughout the last four few years. I've recently I can't remember what we talked about in my last podcast, but uh, over the last year and a bit, um, now down to one duplex. And um, so this year alone, we're, we're on track to acquire uh, $7.6 million in, in apartment buildings. Um, that was kind of the goal. The goal was 7.5. So we kind of hit 7.6 um, this year. And that's, I think that's just because one, you know, partnering with the right people, but also just being super focused and, um, you know, you know, really focusing on the apartment building side. I mean, we get call you know get calls emails all the time hey you know i heard you guys are <laughs> into apartment building so you know the branding starting to work uh when when people start calling you for that reason so um so yeah so the, so the so the apartment building portfolio has has expanded um to to hit our goals actually and I, we thought at the beginning it was a stretch goal um and it was a bit and you know covid we thought was going to slow things down and um you know um it, it didn't really. And so I think it's just really because we were able to dedicate kind of all of our attention to, to the business that's allowed us to grow. And so we're probably on track to continue at at least that pace over the next couple of years. That's what we want to do anyways. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And so you, you're mentioning your partner and having the right people on your team that, that's, you know, that helps as well yeah. uh, to scale and, and do it successfully. So you have a business partner and, um, you know, what, what part of the business, how do you guys split your tasks? Like what does, you know, he do, what do you do? How are you guys have that partnership uh, in place right now? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, my, again, my background marketing and, and, you know, sales and such. So I deal with, uh, I know we, 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 we intersect a little bit, but there are, there are some, you know, pretty clear lines, I think just because of our, our backgrounds and um, just what we enjoy doing. So I deal with, so we, we raise capital for our projects, at least most of them. So I deal with, um, you know, passive investors, um, you know, the recruiting of passive investors, as well as kind of the brand building and marketing kind of components of peak multifamily, um, you know, webinars, educational content and such. Um, and then my partner will deal with a lot of the acquisition side of things. So deal flow. So we think of the business in three kind of buckets. Um, there's deal flow, there's capital. Um, so kind of sales and marketing and then asset management or operations. So, um, so my partner, Mike, he deals with the deal flow. That's what he's been really good at. He's, he's, he's also kind of has, you know, developed some really good relationships that can, to keep the, the, the deals kind of flowing into us. Um, so I deal with primarily the capital raising and then asset manage, we asset management, we, you know, with property management companies on some, on some buildings, on some buildings, we do it on our own um, and looking to potentially bring someone in house at this point, given the portfolio size, I think it, you know, it can support that now. Um, and so asset management, we, we, um, we share essentially that responsibility. I have a question about your, uh, the type of apartment buildings that you, you know, you get involved with, but do you have a favorite? Is it, is it like a, I don't know, a 10 plex versus a, I don't know, hundred unit building mm -hmm. or a, is there, is there something you really like to play with and have in your portfolio mm -hmm. or recommend to people? So for us right now, we're on the smaller side of things. So probably the 12 to 20 is kind of where we're playing right now. Um, the favorite for us is, so we just, we just um, acquired one or the closing is coming up in a month, but we've, we've done our due diligence and we've gone firm. Um, you know, this is a 20 or close to a 20, it's an 18 unit and, and it has vacancies going in and there's opportunity to add three new units. So what, so that's kind of a, an ideal case for us because, you know, the whole strategy for us is the value add strategy. It's kind of like a burr, but, you know, a, you know, a bigger burr where the property has to lend itself to additional value opportunity. And so if we're acquiring with vacancies, you know, we don't have to wait for turnovers. And if we're acquiring a building that has the physical structure that allows the addition of new units, then, you know, the name of the game really is increased net operating income. So that gives us uh, the opportunity to increase net operating income fairly quickly, kind of in the, you know, in the you know, length of the project. So I would say anything that comes with vacancies and, um, and unit addition opportunities, those are, you know, those are kind of the, you know, diamonds in the rough, I guess you could say. Yeah, essentially, you're going to want to pull your money that you're putting in out of the deal, and you're going to be able to do that with, like what you said, right? Increasing yeah. the NOI or the net operating income. Yeah. So, yeah. so how do you get, so two questions, how do you find these deals or how does your partner find them? Are they on market, off market and how? And then how are you getting them financed being that, you know, you're looking for the vacancies and the vacant ones? Sure. So, uh, so we get this question a lot in terms of, 
on market, off market. So I think in the in the apartment building space, and I can only speak to apartment building space and nothing else, you know, no other commercial, but apartment building space, um, the majority tend to be, so there's kind of quote unquote off market. It's, um, so it really means it's not on the MLS, but it's still getting brokered by, uh, typically getting brokered by, um, uh, you know, agents that specialize in multifamily. And so they're, they're, they're basically exclusive listings. And, and those listings don't go out to everybody. They go out to, you know, select, you know, you know, group of people. Um, sometimes it's a large database of people and sometimes it's only, you know, four or five people. And the, the reason for that is because the sellers as well as the, because, because the closings and the due diligence period are much longer than single family, um, the seller or the selling agent, they don't want to have the deal locked up for such a long period of time. And then only to find out towards the end that someone's not going to close. So they, they're pretty selective in terms of who they send it to. Um, so we're fortunate enough to kind of be, you know, get sent those types of deals. I think one, because we've, we've been able to close on deals before. So we have a track record that, you know, within that, you know, unit size, we'll be able to, to close. So uh, source of deals is a combination of, of brokers that are specializing in the space. Um, we have a, a deal now that we've gone direct to seller, which we were able to do. Um, those are great as well. Um, we have purchased on MLS before too. So um, we look everywhere. Um, at, at, at the moment, we're getting a lot of deals sent to us from uh, agents that are listing things exclusively. So I think we've, we've benefited from a couple things. One, just the ability to close on uh, some deals uh, in the recent past, as well as just the, the branding, you know, the podcast, you know, the Facebook group that we, that we host. Um, has helped kind of give in, you know, give us the credibility that, hey, we're serious, you know, we're serious in the space. We're not fire kickers. We are, you know, if we say we want a building then we are going to close on it um, if, if we're fortunate enough to get an accepted offer. Okay. And, and then the second part of that was the financing piece. Is that private money? Is that VTB? Is that bank money, CMHC? How do you get the financing? So it, it all depends on the deal. Um, so this year we've done uh, a combination of a lot of things. So we've done CMHC financing, we've done private. Um, so it all depends on the deal. So the, the big thing where we spend, I'd say most of our time, and I think where a lot of the strategic, you know, thinking, you know, comes to, to light. Uh, and this is why I say it's, you know, it's, it's, it's intellectually challenging because uh, we're, we're building economic models for each building and a deal is at least, you know, my belief is it's, it's made, it's made or broken due to financing, right? So, um, you know, in one, we just closed in, in, in July, that was, the income was high enough that we were, we felt that it was, uh, it made sense to go CMHC right off the bat. Um, so we financed a CMHC, which, you know, the benefits to that is the amortization for that one was 40 years. So it extends the amortization for 40 years reducing the, you know, the annual and monthly financing payment and, and the rate was really low. I think it was, it was 2%, right? So I think, you know, really good, you know, for, for that building. That's like um, free money, right? Like really, it's free. <laughs> it's free money. It's pretty much free. Yeah, it's free money. It's free. We actually, we actually were, we were, <laughs> this might sound a little weird. We were disappointed at two, to be honest, because we thought it was going to come in at 1.9 or so. Um, but is know, that just for like bragging rights being like I got something under two or like is that was that something in your numbers that you really wanted no 1.9 <laughs> yeah no we so we underwrote the deal at three 
So we typically, no, if it's gonna be, we're underwriting at three, so it's a bonus regardless. Um, but, um, so my partner, Mike, he has his, uh, a building in his own portfolio. He just, he refinanced at 1.85 uh, a month before with CMHC. So we thought, okay, you know what, similar, we should probably get under two. So it was because, it was because he had gotten you know, under two uh, recently. So we thought we were gonna get okay. it, two, two still good. Um, so that, you know, CMHC uh, on that one, where, where um, when we acquire buildings that have very low income, it doesn't really make sense to go CMHC off the bat because there, um, there's an opportunity within the first, you know, 12 to, you know, 24 months to increase it enough that we can then refinance at that time. So with those buildings, we would close. Um, so I've, I've closed with a, a B lender before. Now we're using kind of a private lender that's helping us, uh, one, they're, you know, they're the first uh, lender, but they're also financing some of the renovation costs as well. So that helps from a, just kind of a, a, you know, a capital raising standpoint. The, you know, the downside to that is that, you know, you have, you know, fairly large, um, you know, mortgages at a, at, a, at a higher rate, right? So the rates that we're getting is anywhere from six to 8%. Do you have uh, properties uh, or when you're looking at the, the apartment buildings, are you uh, assessing them based on the, um, uh, I don't want to say the status, but the, like the general repair or disrepair or the maintenance required or the rentals required? Like, do you look at that a lot or do you care? Well, I mean, we all care, but sure. how much does that factor into your decision to make mm -hmm. an offer for that building? So I, I'd say the primary criteria is, um, is the the delta or the difference between what the the rents are today and what they should be for that market um and so we're looking at you know a good kind of quote unquote deal for us would be a building that has you know rents that are probably anywhere from 40 to 60 percent below what what it should be and and that happens for a bunch of reasons you know tired landlords didn't keep up with your rental increases or you know, they're, you know, upon turnover, it's easier to kind of, it's quicker to get someone that's going to pay, you know, less than kind of weighted out, right? So, um, so the primary criteria for us is the rents are much lower than what we think it should be in that, in that uh, market. Uh, and typically, I'd say in all cases, at least in our portfolio, it's due to, um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't say poor management, but just under management or not proper management. Uh, and then those buildings all require renovations. Right, so in order to get kind of the max level of rents, they do require unit upgrades. Um, and, and, and just to standardize the process, the unit upgrades that we're doing are pretty standard across the buildings. You know, they're anywhere from 32 to $40,000 per unit. And it's the same, you know, it's basically, they're, you know, they're identical renovations. Hey, Right Club Nation, I just wanted to take a moment and introduce you to today's podcast sponsor, privatebuyers.ca. On your team of experts, you're going to want to make sure that you have a great wholesaler that's going to bring you some great deals off market. So most real estate investors, they're struggling to find their next deal. 
private buyers. They help investors by bringing them some off-market opportunities at under market value so that they can make more money. These discounted real estate deals are not on the MLS. They've been found by privatebuyers.ca who will then send them to your inbox. And they're also going to focus on your criteria and your goals and send you some tailored deals that match your needs. It's just really simple, guys. Just go to privatebuyers.ca, fill out the form and start getting and seeing some available off-market opportunities. Privatebuyers.ca. Now back to the podcast. So I have a question for you and you don't have to answer it if you're not comfortable. Um, so just let us know when yeah. you can edit this out. But I guess if you guys are hearing the answer, then Mark was comfortable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're taking these under, under rented units. Are you, how much are you doing in terms of um, issuing notices for renovations versus cash for keys or just waiting for tenants to turn over? Is that something that you can share? Like, you know, you take a building, okay, that's great. All the rents are 600, they should be 1200. You know, what, what is your game plan? Because we are in, a, in a, an area where it's hard to, ask somebody to, to freely leave, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so so there's three parts to kind of our, our okay, so I think turnover is really important. Turnover is super critical because um, uh, when, when you underwrite, um, part of, you know, your ROI or the amount that you're planning on getting on refinance is all based on turnover. And so you could, you could really um, overestimate that if, you know, I've seen I've seen people underrate buildings at 100% turnovers. Um, that's hard to get, right? It's possible, but really, really hard to get. Um, so we look at first. There's natural turnover. Um, we do we incentivize the seller to you know expedite perhaps some turnover before we even take possession. And and so we've offered you know some you know, basically offered the seller kind of almost cash for keys, but they you know obviously they would execute that. So we've given the sellers incentive to provide us with, you know, the more vacant units they provide us, the, the, the more financial um, gains that they're going to get on the, on the closing. Um, we rely obviously on, on natural turnover. W- once we start renovations, you know, things get messy, things get dusty, things kind of get noisy. That typically, in, you know, induces a little bit of, of turnover and then cash for keys. Yeah. You know, you know, we've, we definitely offer, offer that to those that are willing. And because, we're the market that we're in, um, you know, the lifts are so strong and provide so much value that, you know, the, the cash for key strategy sometimes worthwhile. Sometimes, you know, we, we have tenants um, that are probably not going to move ever, um, no matter what we offer them, <laughs> because, you know, it's just that's kind of they're they've come accustomed to their home. Right. And they don't really care kind of what we do. Um, so you make it on a, on a percentage then, like, right. When you're looking at a property and you're analyzing the property and what was that percentage? Okay. So we'll do, we'll do 20. Okay. So conservatively we'll Mm do 75% turn for the whole project, which is like a five to seven year project. If we get more great, that's a bonus. Um, and then we'll do, we'll kind of like 25% year one, 50% kind of year two, um, cumulatively, and then 75% year three, four. Is kind of what we is 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 I guess the I would I'll say standard for us at least, uh, but then it depends also on the building itself, right? So we'll take a look at how um, like when the leases started, right? So are they short-term tenants? Have they been there? Did they just move in recently? Or have they been there for a long time? And that will then we'll kind of use that as well to gauge okay how quickly can we turn? 
obviously we'll talk to the seller as well to kind of get a sense of, hey, if you get an inkling that people are moving or not, et cetera. Uh, this 18 unit that we're buying right now, the seller's been really communicative to us and we kind of, you know, know who might be next. Um, I mean, we're also getting it with three vacancies right off the bat. Um, and, uh, and there's a few others that kind of already have signaled that they might. So, um, so that's kind of how we start off at 75% kind of max. Uh, and then, you know, depending on what happens when we, when we get it, but we typically don't underwrite, uh, 100% turnovers, um, across the, you know, for the whole, the whole project. So with, with, with those numbers, then, so you're talking about, so your turnover is not just right away. You, you plan it out and you work your numbers so that over the next, so one year, the two year, the three or four year plan, by the time you get to five, you pretty much know how the, the numbers are going to fall out. Yeah, it'll, it'll vary, of sure. course. Yeah, 100%. But, but over time, it's probably pretty standard turnover. And that's, so, so you have that, that sort of comfort level of knowing what's going on. Um, can I ask you, where do you find... Hmm. Are you going into smaller towns, uh, mid-sized cities? Like, where are you going for these 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 buildings? Uh, so our portfolio right now is Hamilton and Barrie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So and like fairly large cities, a hundred thousand people plus, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, population growth. Uh, you know, also looking in St. Catharines. So well. I mean, I have some. Pro I have property in St. Catharines as well. Um, uh, duplex. So I like that market as well. Um, yeah, you know, larger, larger city demand, you know, rental demand is really high, you know, has good kind of economic, you know, fundamentals, you know, investments from the province or municipalities, there's kind of growth happening. Um, you know, so that's, so we actually, actually had a, we had a, a building under contract in a smaller town, which we were going to potentially buy because the cash flow was, a, was, was higher. Um, and we, we typically don't buy for cash flow in general. Uh, we, we buy for, you know, longer term appreciation. Um, but this one, you know, this one was interesting. We ended up not kind of, we actually had on the contract, we ended up kind of, you know, not moving forward with it because another building popped up in Hamilton that was just kind of better suited for our strategy and equity growth. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, not, not opposed to looking at other towns. We are looking at them, but our comfort zone right now is Hamilton and Barrie. Okay, so so I don't want to assume this, but I'll ask you as a question. But like, at what point do you do the refi? Then is it when you you reach that four year goal and you've got the majority of the tenants turned over, or are you doing a refi in between that too? Um, so yeah, so it depends on the building. So um, whenever whenever the whenever the income increase is enough that the refinance will pay off the private first and any construction debt or secondary financing. Um, and ideally have enough to potentially um, repay some of our, our capital partners at a, at a certain proportion, maybe 20 to 30% or so. So, so we'll, wait, we'll wait for it to be significant enough to do the, all those things. And again, so that could happen in you know, one building that will happen in year three. Um, and our most recent acquisition that should happen in year two because we're, we're, we're starting off with so many uh, vacancies. So it allows us to kind of speed up the process, but it, it, it typically happens in the year, a year two to three mark. Um, uh, on, on one building, we're actually, we're planning on doing it twice. And because there's so much kind of equity and there's so much room to grow, so we might actually refi twice before locking in a long-term kind of CMHC type of financing. 
Do you have a, a plan for um, disposing of the, the, the buildings? Because, you know, buildings do come to a sort of a natural, natural life end and, um, depending on how the age of the building when you buy it, right? It could be 10, 20, 40, 50 years. I don't know. I mean, there, there's so many buildings, right? And they're yeah. all built in many, many different um, years. So uh, how, do you, how do you deal with that? Do you, do you actually plan to exit, like just to sell the building at some point? Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, I think it depends on the building. So uh, we have a newer, a newer one in Barrie, which we plan just to hold indefinitely, just because it is good. It's only 22 years old, and the economic life is pretty strong. Great market. Um, so the plan, the plan is to exit kind of in a year five, seven. You know, one, you know, one property is kind of potentially eight, year eight. Um, but so we keep doing multiple exit strategies. We so the default is to sell. Um, just so that we can extract all that equity, right? Because at some, you know, at some, you're always having equity in there, even if you're at a refinance. Um, but we'll reassess and and maybe we'll hold. Like we're refinancing one right now uh, in December, and that one was potentially, you know, to sell at some point. But I, but but we may actually keep it because it's in it still has a lot of room to grow. It's in a great kind of part of town. It's developing. So our default is to sell. Is that's kind of that's at least how we build our pro formas and our economic models, but there's an openness to keep it if it makes sense. And also, it depends on also which partners we have kind of in those projects. Some some um, capital partners don't want to sell, and some capital partners just extract all their equity. That's uh, you know that that's so insightful. I mean, I think it, like I think apartment building, and I think. Mark's going to have some great answers and some great insights. We can keep asking you tons of questions, but, uh, you know, just for time purposes, the next part of the podcast is our lightning round. So we're going to ask you a series of four questions. Cool. You can give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Oh, oh boy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> this week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right. Number one, Mark, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Mm, okay. So this one, so this actually set me on my journey uh, five years, six, I guess it was six years ago, actually, when I had this discussion and, and it kind of helped me make my decision, which, which was, uh, and this came from Patrick Franci, the CEO of, of rain kind of, we had some, you know, uh, one-on-one, one-on-one time kind of early on in, in my kind of investing career. And he said, you know, build, build your, so build your life first or figure out what you want to do with your life, then build your business around your life. So that kind of just that talk and that quote, that idea really kind of set forth what happened after over the last kind of five years. And, I, and so I think for, you know, anybody looking to get into real estate or anything, any business, doesn't even matter what it is. It's, uh, and it's kind of easier said than done, of course, as you, as, as you both know, and what lifestyle do you want to lead, right? Then kind of, you know, build your, you know, career or business around that. 
I think as a society, we do it the other way around, right? To kind of we're taught to kind of let's get into the career, let's make some money, then decide what to do with it afterwards. Um, looking at it now, it's like, wow, that totally didn't make sense. <laughs> so it's like, so, so that, I, I like that idea and I, and I share that idea with as many people as I can. Great. Question two, what's your favorite resource for real estate investing? And that can be anything, a book, training, person, an event. Hmm. Favorite resource. Um, I, I love it. So plug for you guys. I love what you guys put out. You guys were really kind of consistently putting out some great, great, great stuff. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's a, that's a feat into itself. So congratulations on that. So I, I listened to what you guys put out in your webinars and such. Um, I, so I've been tapping into over the last kind of year and a half or so, um, like <laughs> Canadian part, apartment building news, um, and um, uh, CBRE puts out a really good quarterly report on commercial real estate uh, in Canada, and they break it down by province, by asset class and such. So that kind of like, it's, a, I mean, it's a macro picture, but they also get into economics. So it kind of gives me a good, you know, just macro level view of what's going on uh, in the industry, industry. So I, I like, I like, I mean, I always like those types of reports, even kind of in my marketing, you know, when I was in the marketing space. I always like those macro level industry reports. So that's a, that's a good one, I think, for people to, even, even if you're not in commercial, it's just good kind of to know what's going on in the, in the space overall. Yeah, absolutely. Great question number three, what is the attributes in your opinion that has made you most successful? Um, I think, uh, I think, I think um, there's, there's, you know, as you both know, there's a lot of, uh, um, I don't know how to phrase it, maybe challenges or, you know, roadblocks or hurdles. And, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, we're going to face that and that, you know, not everyone's an entrepreneur for a reason, right? Cause there's a lot of, you know, stuff you got to go through. So I think, I think perseverance and just kind of the, the drive to just kind of break, break through different challenges um, has, I think probably been the key to that. And also just the, the support that I, that I have to do that. You know, so my wife has supported me through, you know, the early entrepreneurial years of, of the marketing business. And now the entrepreneur, like, no, it's like, like restarting again, um, the, you know, the early stages of, you know, real estate again. So that's, that's kind of super, you know, critical and having support wh wherever that's coming from. Um, and then just the perseverance kind of drive, drive through things. Yeah, those who keep going, keep going, right? <laughs> that's yep. kind of, yeah, they, they sure. make it, the, the story yeah. of the tortoise in the hair yeah, um, absolutely. and the last question then mark is what do you typically do on a sunday morning sunday morning so um so my uh, all three of my boys are in rep hockey <laughs> so our weekends are our weekends are uh, you know it, it's hockey somewhere some one of them has hockey at some point um so that for sure and then we just kind of hang out like in the summer times, we're either camping, we're outdoors people. So we're kind of doing stuff like that, biking, hiking, um, or hockey in the winter. Um, and um, so we don't, we're not at home too often, um, but it's all, it's all, you know, it's all family time, right? So the one thing that's actually nice about this business is that I have, you know, my Sundays, I've kind of claimed my Sundays back or at least weekends for the most part, which, which, which I wasn't able to do so much in the previous business. So it's uh, definitely able to kind of reclaim some family time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, time, time is one of those things you can't replace, right? When it's gone, it's yeah, gone. for sure. For sure. <laughs> so Mark, where can the Right Club Nation reach out if they wanted to connect with you or know more about you? 
Yeah, I mean, they can reach out to me at mark at peakmultifamily.ca or even just our website, peakmultifamily.ca. So lots of stuff on there and can connect us, you know, connect to us there and lots of tons of resources on apartment buildings in Canada. Awesome. And we always ask this last final questions. Do you have any final words of advice for the Right Club Nation? Um, I think, uh, so I think people, it seems like there's maybe more people are more interested in getting into apartment buildings. And, and I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's a level up for people that have been in single family for a long time. Uh, I think everyone that's in it has started somewhere. No, no, you know, everyone, you know, no one kind of, you know, was born or most people weren't born with lots of buildings in their portfolio. Um, it is harder, at least it seems like at first, but absolutely anyone can do it. That, that, that's really the premise of our podcast is that anyone can do it as long as you kind of educate yourself and surround yourself with the right people doesn't matter what kind of financial situation you're in, you can absolutely do it. It's going to seem a little bit harder at first, but 100% anyone can break through. So, I mean, I, I, so that's, that's, that's kind of really been the premise of a lot of the work that we've been doing is that anyone can get into apartment buildings, you know, whether you're owning it yourself or partner with other people, but it's, uh, it's definitely a, a surmountable uh, challenge. You got, you've got the will to do it and you have the, the drive and you just keep on going and hey, it, it's, it's going to happen. And, so, yeah. and learn, just learn, learn, yeah. mentor, uh, get a mentor or something and you can do just about anything you want. And you're right. It doesn't just have to be real estate. That applies yeah. to anything. That's right. That's right. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. And it's a pleasure having you back. And I'm sure we'll have you back again. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Always a pleasure. All right. And we are back. Laurel, what, uh, what do you think of the podcast? Well, like he, again, you're right. Mark is so inspiring and he quit his job and he's, he's, you know, he set a goal and he exceeded it already. It's not even the end of the year. And uh, it's just proof again, that when you focus on something and you're passionate about it and you sound, you surround, surround yourself with the right people and you can do just about anything you want. Right. And as he said, as we talked about in the podcast, not just about real estate, that applies to anything. He happens to be focusing on uh, apartment buildings, but and it's working for him. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. I know I did. We'll have to have Mark come back at some point in the future. I mean, he's got tons of great wealth and information and knowledge to share. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I think his, his method is genius. I mean, he's looking for opportunities. He's looking for opportunities where there's vacancies to start with to be able to get some of that lift. Because essentially, you don't want your money to be stuck in these deals. And especially these, these large deals, if your plan is to grow and, and what is, you know, the best strategy is to do a burr on multis or to do something where your money comes back out and you can reuse it and you can pay it off. Uh, so he's, he's got a great thing going and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast today. Laurel, any final last words? No, and the only thing I'd have to add is that, you know, if you have a chance to rate our podcast, we'd love it because that just helps us be visible to, to other people who, who could learn something and maybe uh, enjoy what we, what we all have to say and share. And aside from that, Sarah, what do we say to everyone? Right Club Nation, come grow with us. Until next week, see you later. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.